Coming up, it's Philosophy Talk. My father was fired. He was technologically unemployed. My father worked for the same firm for 12 years. They fired him. They replaced him with a tiny gadget this big. It does everything that my father does, only it does it much better. The depressing thing is my mother ran out and bought one. Where would we be today without innovation? Well, we'd have less pollution. We'd have fewer hungry people. Innovative torture methods, innovative weapons, innovative surveillance. How could we not innovate? Doesn't innovation just bring on problems that require more so-called innovation to solve? I guess is Kristen Salos, author of Innovation and Scaling for Impact. Will innovation kill us? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor, and we're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that begin at Stanford University over at Philosopher's Corner. That's where I taught in the philosophy department for a long, long time, and Ken is still teaching. Yeah, still hanging in, in there. And, and the question of the day, the burning question of the hour, will innovation kill us probably that would be the optimistic answer probably take climate change we can thank that fantastic piece of innovation the industrial revolution for that case closed i think oh john come on innovation is the key to surviving climate change and warding it off and fortunately we're already moving in that direction not fast enough but we're moving the wind and solar energy you know so we need more innovation now not less innovation got us into this mess ken what makes you you pollyanna think it's gonna get us out well i don't know what else we can do you just can't ride out climate change but look uh Think of life without innovation. I mean, you, you diss the Industrial Revolution, but life without the Industrial Revolution would be, would be a mess. It would be hardly recognizable as human life is today. Well, we've gained a lot from human innovation, no doubt about that. But consider the cost. Innovation just creates new problems that require more innovation to fix. Where is it all going to end? Extinction. Oh, gosh, it sounds, look, the consequences of what you're saying sounds like you want us to give up all of modernity, all modern conveniences, and go back to what, living in the Pleistocene and the Stone Age and the savannah and caves or something? Well, I'm not sure I'd go for that. Uh, but we do need to return some of the old ways of doing things if we're going to survive on this planet. Take agriculture, for example. Yeah, one of the biggest innovation of all time, you know, that substantially improved human health and human life expectancy. Well, that's a kind of a narrow point, Ken. I mean, there's a lot more life on Earth than humans, and the human agriculture revolution was a disaster for most of it. But given that, even that has gone from small farms to huge industrialized facilities. Livestock are pumped with antibiotics, and then they pump out methane to warm up the globe. Crops are sprayed with pesticides. Yeah, okay, I'm going to grant you. I'm not going to deny that innovations have unforeseen negative consequences. Look, nothing in life is an unmixed blessing. But does that make innovation like an intrinsically bad thing? I mean, you really think we should stop innovating? Huh? Haven't you ever heard that uh, old saying, innovate or die? 
well, at least we could think critically about it. In this part of the world, Silicon Valley, people fetishize innovation. Fetishize? Celebrate is a better word, John. Celebrate. Oh, come on. Now, think smartphones. What a disaster. Why do we... I mean, we had those black Bakelite phones for most of my life. The same one. Now we need to constantly replace and upgrade our old phones or everybody makes fun of us. Why? So we can spend more time staring at bigger and better screens and, and playing more sophisticated Sudokos instead of interacting with friends and family. And what happens to all those old digital devices after a year or two? They end up in a landfill. That's what innovation gets you, Ken. More junk. No, no, John, it's called planned obsolescence. No, John, you're, got, you're, you're targeting the wrong thing. It's not innovation that's the problem. It's consumerist capitalism. You've got a beef with consumerist capitalism. That's all. Consumer capitalism creates innovation, feeds innovation, because it needs innovation, and it feeds off innovation. Why? To make human life better? No, to make old products obsolete so they can sell us more stuff. But you don't dump the baby with the bathwater or whatever that saying is. Because <laughs> think some innovations are really crucial. Think it, of hygiene. In, in California, Ken, it's don't throw out the bathwater with the baby. <laughs> We're in a drought. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> think of hygiene and, and, and medicine or, or social innovation, like giving women and minorities equal rights. Innovation and human progress, John, they go hand in hand. If you're against innovation, you're against progress. Well, I'm not saying that all innovation is bad, but we ought to focus on changes that help the human condition, not innovations that create more junk in order to create more profit. The gap between rich and poor has grown with our innovative Silicon Valley-based economy. Right now, innovation is making that gap bigger and bigger. Th think of how you buy a book. You don't go to someone who earns about as much as you, some middle-class person, and buy a book from him, the bookseller or her. No, you you put money into Jeff Bezos's pocket, and 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 there's barely room for the money in his pocket. Is that progress? If so, you can stuff it. <laughs> well, well, look, John, I'm going to grant you, like everything else, innovation has its upsides and its downsides. Some things we love, some things we hate. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shuka Kalantari, to find out which technologies people have a love-hate relationship with. She files this report. In the late 18th century, most families worked in the fields. Their ancestors worked in the fields. But they never owned their own land. There was a small number of aristocratic landowners and everyone else worked for them. 300 years later, we still have a small number of wealthy people and everyone else works for them. But we've also had a lot of innovation, like when our farm-working ancestors entered the Industrial Revolution. Inventors had found new ways to harness nature's energy. They built new kinds of machines powered by water, steam, and coal. That's a scene from Bill Blakemore's Turning Points in History. During the Industrial Revolution, people moved out of their ancestral homes and into big cities. They left the farms and started working the assembly lines. It was innovation, but it came at a price. Pollution from coal-powered factories turned the cities black. Lack of housing created the first urban slums. And the demand for more and more goods and higher profits brought the exploitation of workers, including children. But there are other, newer innovations that have no negative consequences at all. Welcome to Bank of America. Take automated call centers, for example. Who doesn't love those? 
Please say or enter your telephone access ID. Operator. Or your card or account number. Operator. Please say yes or no. You'd like to speak with an yes. associate. Is that right? Yes. To better assist you, please tell me what you're calling about today. Forget this. And that's just part of the tech boom. The folks in Silicon Valley are the new pioneers in innovation. Apps are where it's at. As is eloquently displayed in the sitcom, Silicon Valley. Yo, 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 just want to thank everyone for coming out to this Kickstarter party for Bro, the app that proves that you can change the world in just one word. Actually, it's just half a word. I know, it's so efficient. These days, innovation means technology. So I asked a few people, what technologies do you love the most? My favorite piece of technology is iPhone 6. Digital video cameras. Electronic health records. My favorite technology is Snapchat, which is like a social media app where you can send pictures or videos to your friends. But just like the Industrial Revolution, our beloved innovations have a dark side. Take video cameras. What annoys me the most is just how fast and how often they're coming out with newer versions that sort of make the old ones obsolete. And electronic health records. I hate the clicking and the, you know, the imperfections like, wow, why can't you just get from one thing to the other without clicking this and opening that window and clicking that? Even Snapchat has a downside. Whatever you send or take pictures of, it will like get saved in Snapchat, but you can't see it. The people who created Snapchat will be able to see it forever. There's this fear with all new technologies is, you know, especially if you work with technology, when is the human operator gonna become obsolete? The Industrial Revolution changed how we worked, from the fields to the factories. It brought about a worldwide economic boom but it also decentralized families and increased child labor. Today's tech revolution moved us from the factories to the computer screens. Global markets now navigate through the World Wide Web, but we also have less human contact and more carpal tunnel syndrome. That doesn't make computers evil or great because innovation isn't innately bad or good. But what do I know? I'm just the roving philosophical reporter. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari. To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening. And thank you for thinking.